Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, folks, and welcome. Hope you had a great Wednesday evening and looking into a great Thursday. We're supposed to get some bad weather, so just be mindful of same. Exhibit a little patience. Uh, understand that when it starts raining again, rain that we hadn't seen in a long time, which is an unusual thing here. Uh, that we go about safely uh, for everyone. And kids are still in school getting out, so just be mindful of that. We've got a great show lined up for you today. In a 12 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Rafael Goyaneci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. We'll talk about some of the new collaborative efforts between the governor-elect and the city of New Orleans uh, and the criminal justice system here in New Orleans and what that will mean. We'll talk about a number of other uh, very kind of troubling statistics of relative to the juvenile uh, system, uh, relative to incarceration numbers as well. In the 11 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Dr. Joe Cantor, the Louisiana State Health Officer. We'll talk about the rise in respiratory viruses coming off this Thanksgiving holiday. And, And President Biden's intent to use the Defense Production Act to address some of the drug shortages, which is a huge problem here. Uh, in this country because of the lack of domestic production relative to a number of the antibiotics and, and other pharmaceutical products that we utilize here in our health care system. Yesterday uh, was a big day. Uh, they were, there were the opening or the ribbon cutting and recognition of a project that's coming our way, otherwise known as the River District Neighborhood. And here to uh, joining us to talk about it, Louis Larcella, president for Larcella and Associates and chairman of Larcella Land Company Foundation. He's the co-managing partner of this project, as well as Tara Hernandez, president of JCH Properties. Folks, welcome to the show. Hi, Norman. Good morning, Noel. Good morning, Noel. All righty. Louis and Tara, welcome, and uh, thank you so much for joining us Uh, Great opportunity, uh, you know, a lot a lot of vacant property along our riverfront. You go to most other cities, you don't see that very often. But this is an opportunity for us to transform a connective tissue, so to speak, um, between uh, the warehouse district and the lower garden district, uh, pulling it all together. Sounds incredibly exciting. Tell us about it. So, uh, Newell, when, when this project came to uh, came to be known it was about over three years ago when an RFP was sent out by the convention center for uh, requesting you know submissions from developers from all over the country Th- this property had been 
purchased by the convention center anticipating a, a, a phase four of the convention center. I think in, in more recent times, the convention centers around the country have not been as expanding as much, but they've been more focused on quality and not quantity of square footage. So I think Mike Sawai and his group at the convention center realized that this was an opportunity for them to add another component that would help bring more conventions to New Orleans. And the thinking was that this was, their thinking was that this was going to be a, uh, an entertainment district that would just add another feature for them to be able to market the convention center. When we got involved, we felt as though it needed to be more than just a, a, an entertainment district. We felt as though we needed to have more of a mixed-use character with a robust component of housing, because that's how you establish neighborhoods. You have to have residential. And so uh, that's what we set about to do from day one. We felt like we needed to do the housing component as a major fact feature. And uh, we also felt as though the uh, adding the power plant to the mix would be a, a natural, um, uh, 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 it would make, make a ton of sense so that we would feature the entertainment components more on the acreage immediately across Convention Center Boulevard from the, from the Convention Center, as well as at the power plant. They would be our bookends of entertainment, if you will, and restaurants and, and what have you, with, that, with the, the neighborhood in be, between them, straddling Conven, uh, Convention Center Boulevard going to the power plant. So, uh, you know, we've, we've had that vision from day one, and we've stuck to that vision, and it's, it's, really, it's really unfolded nicely for us. Uh, Tara, I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, to open up as well about your thoughts. Oh, sure. So, um, yeah, just echoing Lewis, um, you know, neighborhoods are great. We know that. We, we lead with that in New Orleans. People, you know, know, know you by where, where you uh, were born and continue to thrive. And we thought that, um, you know, just having that retail entertainment office um, and, and housing mix, an opportunity for people who live, um, who work in that immediate area to have an opportunity to also live and thrive um, in the places that they help to make great. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that both of y'all say that, Lewis, um, because I, I just finished reading a series of articles about uh, these alleged entertainment districts around professional sports stadiums and the fact that for the most part they didn't do well, but the ones that were more mixed use and talking about exactly the way that you described it, almost without exception, those have done a lot better and have, and have gone on to, to become uh, strong, vibrant neighborhoods. Well, and, and that's, that's, that's exactly right, Newell. And, um, you know, we also felt like when we set about to, to, to come up with our vision for this project, we needed to also address needs of this city. And that's why when we started talking about housing, we knew we would have to have a very robust component of affordable and workforce housing as part of that feature of our project. And so, um, you know, that's been a that's been a, a really important thing for the city. The city has wrestled with that for, for quite some time now. 
And uh, that's one of the features that I think has been most uh, uh, highly applauded by, by, the, by the decision makers and, 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 and public servants and politicians and neighborhood associates. I mean, th this project, there's really nothing about this project that is, has given heartburn to anybody. I mean, frankly, it's just been so well put together, so well conceived. Thanks to my partners in this thing, we've got a very diverse cross-section of developers in this project. And, and I'll tell you, it's just, it is a, um, I say to people that the way we put this project together and the way we're executing this project could be a case study for how, for how urban development needs to take place in the 21st century. So we're very proud of where we are right now. But we have lots of work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Early onset, though, that y'all really uh, picked up some some nice uh, uh, momentum builders, right, with uh, Shell Oil uh, planning to build a, an office uh, building there, which uh, you've got a very complex, uh, sophisticated organization that, that obviously looked at the business plan and said, hell, we want to be a part of it. Yeah, well, I will say that Colette Hurstius at Shell, she, um, uh, we, I met, I met Colette for the first time three years ago at the Washington Ball, and, you know, I introduced myself and mentioned to her about, we had just sort of gotten into the, 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 uh, the, the, the River District, I think we had just been selected, and um, she, she took an immediate interest, you know, she is a, She's, uh, she's, she leads an incredible organization. I would argue that Shell is one of the, if not the top, one of the top corporate citizens in our state. When you look at their, the employees that they have, their, their payroll, their, their, their reach, what they do around this community, it's incredible. And, you, you know, she, the fact that, that Shell has, chose, has chosen to stay in New Orleans post-Katrina when there was a lot of pressure for them to leave New Orleans. It just speaks volumes about their local leadership and, and their commitment to this city. And so, you know, we, we, we love Shell. We love them as a brand. We love them as an anchor to our project. And then Topgolf is, is also, in, in a way, best in class worldwide. I mean, Topgolf is the top brand of that, of that entertainment, you know, golf component. And we're just thrilled to have that class of first-class uh, 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 corporations coming to the River District, and we plan to have more. I mean, we're in discussions with many folks. We like the momentum we have right now, and it's momentum that, I mean, I would say we haven't seen in New Orleans in decades, if not longer. Uh, so we, we want to build on that momentum, and it's just something that it's important for our city to understand that we can do these kinds of things here. You know, it just it's taken so long for us to have something like this to really rally around, but it is the type of thing that could truly be transformational to this city. I, are, are other folks equally as surprised as I was when I was reading, you know, the details of it, that that's a 39-acre piece of land? Well, it is. Um, we have also, when you add, the, when you add to it the... Um, the, the power plant acreage, uh, we're in excess of 45 acres at that point along the Mississippi River. I mean, opportunities it like that. It looks big, but it didn't look that big to me, and I was surprised at 39. Wow. 
mean, that's a lot of land, you know. Well, you know, what's interesting is you you, you look at the the bookends of what you know. You got the convention center on one end, which is, I mean, that's multiple acres under that roof. It just sort of causes. It's it's hard to see the context when you have such big structures like the convention center on one end and the power plant on the other. But it's an it's an enormous piece of property. You get out there and you look at it's it's enormous. And you know and of course that's only going up to the flood wall. That doesn't even include the river the actual riverfront itself, which is of course not part of our project. But we hope that that will be part of the the vision in the future that we can improve that riverfront area, not unlike Wollenberg Park, and allow people, again, to access the river, which is something that, you know, heretofore, we just, this city just doesn't have as much access to the river as other comparable cities because we have so much, you know, we have so much business, the you know, the, the shipping business along the river that is a barrier to people getting to the river. So we're hoping that that's another feature that we can we can work on and I had a little discussion with the governor yesterday at the groundbreaking about it, and he gets it. You know, he gets it. And so uh, there are a lot of features to yes. this project. Right. Tyler, go ahead. Cool. And, and as we know, everything begins with foundation, and that's what we were excited to kick off uh, on yesterday. Um, sewer water drainage streets, um, fiber, you know, technology is is um, the future with, with everything going on. And Convention Center Boulevard will be extended all the way to the power plant. We're going to have a one-acre a one acre park, so green space, uh, new transportation network with from, you know, a bus route, a new bus uh, transit route, but also um, bicycles and, and walkability. All those features are what makes, it, you know, a neighborhood great and also um, like you said, to have the other entertainment and just connections, reintroducing the grid to the lower garden district and opening up um, all those spaces so that it not only welcomes um, those who visit, but also those who are already here to come and, and enjoy um, what will be soon rising on the river. Now, uh, construction is... Um set to begin next year, right? Actually, construction on the infrastructure, the, the, the streets and the, the drainage and, and everything, all of the components underneath the, the what we, you know, the, what we refer to as a horizontal uh, will begin shortly. I mean, we, within okay. a matter of days, you'll see construction equipment on the site actually clearing clearing the way, doing what needs to be done. To install the infrastructure for the project, and uh, I think Top Golf is planning to be under construction in a matter of weeks. We're going to see Top Golf under construction. The Shell Building will take a little bit longer. We're now in the process of literally doing the the construction drawings, so that that's a little more of a you know that's going to take a little more work before we're actually breaking ground on the Shell Building. And I've heard that Topgolf moves pretty quick in, in their uh, building of their facilities. Um, They're very nimble. They've done it. They, they, are, they are very good at what they do. Um, they, you know, it's a, a very proud of their brand and anxious to get open for Super Bowl. I mean, that's, you know, that's their, that's their goal. It's a big, that's a, and, and they will be able to achieve that. 
we have a few minutes left. Let's talk about economic impact. Um, you know, obviously, you have a lot of um, transactional businesses down there creating new sales tax base for both the city and the state. It's got to be huge. Well, we're 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 anticipating um, we're projecting at least forty three million dollars of new uh, tax annual tax revenue for the city of New Orleans, state and local entities. Um, with the, and and the the um, and construction I mean the, jobs, permanent jobs, um, you know, both retail and and you know the office and. Um, you know, actually expanding in support of what the convention center is building. Uh, remember, in order to, you know, they want to remain in the top 10. And so they've already mm-hmm. begun their work interior and, of course, at their front door, their fr- front porch. And then we'll just be an extension to, to that effort. Yeah, they're, exp- they're you know, our, uh, uh, e- our econ- economists, um, Jeff Abair, who used to be affiliated with the city of New Orleans, who's now working with the, the, the national firm HRNA, has projected that we'll be we'll be generating up to six thousand new jobs, permanent jobs, uh, arising from the the power, from the uh, the river district. And that does not even include what is ante- anticipated with the power plant in that in that project. Well, congratulations to both of y'all, your entire team. Um, I, I know that, uh, Lewis, you and I have known each other a long, long time, and Tara as well. Um, you know, the, none of these are easy, and it's great to get to this point where we're going to start to see some progress here in the near future, and we certainly wish the best of luck because I think that's going to create a new synergy, a new excitement, some new energy um, in, in that area and give so many more options to folks that are visiting and those that live here as well. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations. Yeah, I'd like to, and I would like to, you know, I, I think there's a lot of credit goes to the city of New Orleans and their, their economic development people have just been, they've just been great. Uh, and I will tell you, Michael Sawaya and his team at the convention center have, have been, have been firm, but extremely fair. They've done their job, but they've been, in the end, they've been great partners and have helped us. They deserve a ton of the credit on this project. And, and actually, Councilmember Harris's office has been totally supportive as leader um, on the council of this district. Um, actually, uh, New, you're right. None of this is easy, and it takes everybody coming and working together. And we've been really um, excited that we've seen that in all of this effort with everybody uh, working to, working together to see this to fruition. Yeah, it's well, I'm amazing. Excited New- about- it's amazing how success. Go ahead. It's amazing how we've, you know, people are get people who are really anxious to help us now, and they it's like they haven't seen anything like this in so long. It's it's people are kind of getting on board. So the people who we need to, in the way of you know our our, our entitlements and what ha- people are starting to, to 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 buy into the vision, and you know we're delivering here. And they're now realizing they need to help us to deliver more. And it's just, it's a good, it's good momentum that we haven't seen in our city in a while. Sounds like great partnership and collaboration for sure. Best of luck to both of y'all. Uh, congratulations again. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Newell. Thanks, good talk. Bye now. All righty, folks, we'll be right back. That was Louis Larcella, co-managing uh, member of the uh, the River, uh, pro- excuse me, the River Project. 
River District Neighborhood Project. I knew that goes missing a word, as well as Tara Hernandez, co-managing member as well of that project. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries. So that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Dr. Joe Cantor, Louisiana State Health Officer, as well in the 12 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Raphael Goinecci, President Metropolitan Crime Commission. Uh, there's been some new things happening on the front of this immigration problem that we've been facing across the country. Some new reporting out of Politico, actually, is kind of very interesting. The Biden administration has been banking on uh, expanding short-term legal residency for half a million migrants as a way to get them into jobs and off government assistance because this government assistance is killing them in New York. The governor and mayors said they need to put migrants to work so they can move them out of the shelters. They're upset with the lengthy process. They're upset that they can't secure work permits for asylum seekers that can take up to a year or more. They say that these migrants are caught in the middle, but who's really caught in the middle? It sounds to me like the taxpayers are caught in the middle because we're footing the bill for all of this silliness that's going on. These are people that shouldn't be here in the first place. They came here illegally. They didn't file any of the necessary paperwork or anything to begin with. They came across the border in an illegal fashion. They say that this process, Javier from Venezuela, he's an asylum seeker, is difficult because the application is in English. Go figure. That's what we speak here. There are questions that he doesn't understand, even when they are translated. We need help. Well, how do we get an answer from you if you don't if you're not ever going to understand the question, even when it's translated. He is among hundreds of thousands of migrants struggling to navigate this complex bureaucratic hurdle 
to get working papers. They describe it as a yawning process that has pushed many to take dangerous and exploitative jobs off the books in fields like construction, landscaping, or hospitality. Wow. (laughs) This is absolutely incredible. Is anybody exhibiting this concern for citizens? I don't see it. I don't understand it. So Biden did in September, he expanded the designation to try and help the Venezuelans and gave them temporary protected status. Now, this is supposed to be a faster pathway to work authorization. The problem was there were 472,000 of them that are already here in this country illegally that he's tried to wave this magic wand in order to make this better. Well, in the month of October, they were only able to process 5,500 applications. There's 472,000 of them, right? So now, so now they're saying these are the barriers. We, we've got barriers all over the place. We need to clear up the backlog because the paperwork, you know, is just inefficient. It's this and it's that. Is this all sounding like very familiar to you about your interaction with the federal government on so many different fronts? I think it does to a lot of people. One official said, In the White House, 2,200 work permits were approved in New York clinics as of November 20th. They had set up some health clinics on your nickel, and at the same time, they were trying to do these work permits. And these applications are taking 30 days to process, and and they're bitching about that. They're saying, this has got to get shorter. Do you realize that it takes you longer than 30 days if you want to get a passport in this country as a citizen? Now, we're worrying about cutting the time period for people that come here illegally to make sure that we can create an environment and a landscape for them to get a job, but we can't, as a citizen, get a passport in less than 30 days. Is something out of kilter here? Am I and am I the only one that's seeing this? How many other times have you been in contact with federal agencies that require them to do something and it happens in less than 30 days? Not very often. But when it comes up comes to the special class because it has become a political issue all of a sudden, we can move mountains, mountains. We will get rid of all the rules. We will clear the landscape. You won't have to walk and meander through the trees. You'll be able to walk a straight line because we are going to clear-cut the forest for you to get from point A to point B without any problems. Migrants are complaining because the application, folks, hold on to your seat, is a whopping 12 pages long. 12 page long application to come to the greatest country in the world. 
we're complaining. It's difficult because they don't have their papers. They don't have the necessary documents. Well, yes. They know all about that because if they don't have their papers in their own country, they are in trouble. And then there's a steep application fee. Are you sitting down? To have the privilege to come to the greatest country in the world, you have to pay $545. $545. Now, what is the likelihood that we end up on a, in a social program if we don't have the 545 to pay for this? Now, if you prepare yourself and you do this the right way, the appropriate way, the legal way, these are all things that you would know about in advance and you prepare yourself to come to the country and then you don't become a what? A burden, right? A burden. A burden to this country. A burden to you, the taxpayers. I just wish somebody would worry about us in the same fashion. There's no problem when we bumping up fees. There's no problem, you know, paying for two garbage pickups a week and we only get one. There's no problem with any of that. But all of a sudden it's a problem to come to this country to fill out a 12-page application and to pay a fee of $545. Which is far less than the fees that you're paying to go to almost every other country in the world. In the world. But this is a problem because America is viewed by others as being all things for all people, with the exception of their citizens. We will make it easy. We will make it cheap. No out of the El Nope plan, no out-of-pocket expense to come here. Because our taxpayers are giving, caring, empathetic people that are willing to finance all of this for y'all that's that's the message that's being sent out each and every day finally legal aid legal aid needs to be free we have historically underfinanced legal representation in our adversarial criminal justice system, where you are innocent until proven guilty, and I know a lot of y'all to say, wait a minute, this is new. What's he talking about? I've always been an advocate of making sure that legal aid is fully funded. It should be fully funded. These exotic funding schemes that we have out there are absolutely ridiculous. We would have a lot more inefficient criminal justice system if we financed legal aid but here again our priority is to go get free lawyers for them but not our own citizens it's not a priority there's not a single adequately funded legal aid clinic in the country that I that I have heard of I may be wrong maybe there is one I've not found it yet Not to mention 
we have spent hundreds of billions of dollars so far in dealing with this mess that we have created. We've created the mess, and we'll just keep paying and paying and paying, and we'll circumvent every rule of an ordered and structured immigration plan, program, or otherwise, whether you like it or not, it's more ordered and structured than you think, because this, the political winds have changed, and this has now become a problem. And we're going to do everything that we can to have this go away before the 2024 election. And the big loser is you, because they will spend your money hand over fist to make sure that this gets off the front page. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, folks. Let's go to Josh. You're up, Josh. Welcome to the show. Thanks for taking my call, Newell. Love the show. Um, thank you like for you, spreading the facts. Thank you for spreading the facts. I appreciate it. I just wanted to call and ask your opinion on something. With all these facts that you've been, you know, letting out the last few minutes and all the problems that we have to, you know, fix, I wanted to hear your opinion if you're willing to give it on your, your other host after your show starts at noon and Scoot saying that, you know, there is not a problem at the border, how there's always been a problem at the border, and we have nothing to worry about. Um, I think it's pretty inflammatory just saying that so nonchalantly with all these facts that you've just laid out. If you don't want to give your opinion on it, I understand, but what's your opinion on one talk show host saying the facts and the other one saying those are not correct? Well, I don't know what data he's looking at. I can only speak to the data that I'm looking at and the data that I look at. Um, and to folks that I talk to, um, and I would throw this caveat out there as well, I sat on the Homeland Security Committee of the uh, National Sheriff's Association and major county sheriffs. I, I visited with immigration officials for years, and uh, we talked about and made policy recommendations to both the, um, uh, the Obama administration 
and uh, the Trump administration and others. And so I've sat at the table in D.C. talking about these policies with a lot of folks from both sides of the aisle trying to find solutions. Um, I will also tell you that going back to the time when Rudy Giuliani um, visited, uh, was running for president, uh, which was a long time ago, uh, I sat down with major candidates in that presidential race then, and um, they were expressing concerns about immigration, immigration policy in this country, and problems that they were having <clears throat> in other cities that we were not experiencing here in the New Orleans greater in, in a metropolitan area, which I was, quite frankly, shocked to hear because there wasn't a lot being uh, reported about it in, in the mainstream media. But it was a big issue. And then we started with sanctuary cities. And I sat at the table with folks that were advocating on behalf of sanctuary cities and things of that nature. And then shortly after, they began to experience some of the difficulties of having a sanctuary policy, watched public official after public official flip on their position as to whether or not sanctuary cities were a small thing. So I speak from my experience. I'm not sure what his experience is, but my experience and the conversations that I've had with people from both sides of the aisle, both liberal and conservatives relative to this situation at the border, um, they all say that there's a crisis. You have Democrat Congress persons along the border that are saying it's a crisis. So I don't know what other information or evidence that you need uh, to support the fact that it's a crisis, because uh, it seems to me it lines up in a very strong way. Uh, and as I just talked about what the immigrants themselves are saying, they view it as a crisis. <laughs> I mean, so it seems as though everyone views it as a crisis. Now, there are some out there that want to see that issue go away because they understand that for Democrats, they're going to have to consume a lot of political capital to reverse their positions, articulate something differently than what they have said before. This is very synonymous to the defund, reimagine policing, over-incarceration, um, you know, uh, dis disproportionate impact. Uh, that we've heard about for so long, but when you go to the data, the data bear, bears out a completely different story. Now, one thing that's easy to do is to swim freestyle. A lot of people can swim on their belly. Not a lot of people can swim on their back. So when it comes to backstroking off the articulation of their ideologies, when they get proven wrong which is what's happening now with sanctuary cities. It's, it's amazing that the mayors in the sanctuary cities that were so pro-sanctuary city are now the biggest complainers about being a sanctuary city. But they're hypocrites because they voluntarily went into being sanctuary cities, saying, pounding their chest, saying, we're going to stand up for human rights and we'll be able to finance it and we'll be able to take care of those people. 
Well, we gave them the opportunity, and what happened? They are failing. And they're not just failing, they're failing miserably. And what else they're doing? They're blaming. They're blaming the federal government now. Well, the federal government didn't compel them to be a sanctuary state. They went there on their own accord, their own volition, freedom of will, and they expressed it. We'll be right back. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, we will visit with Dr. Joe Cantor, the state health officer for the state of Louisiana. We'll talk about RSV coming off of Thanksgiving and Biden's intent to use Defense Production Act to address drug shortages. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 